Welcome and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. First Pres is on a journey of generosity called Raise the Sails. It's all about putting and keeping God first in your life and seeing the outcome. Here to wrap up the Fresh Wind sermon series, it's First Pres Senior Pastor Dan Chun. This is the last of our four sermons in our Fresh Wind series, where we have been studying people in the book of Acts who lived out generosity. We looked at the early church and men like Ananias and Barnabas and how God himself is lavishly generous and how we can be generous towards him and towards others in response. God is always sending a fresh wind into the sails of our souls for refreshment and direction and encouragement and inspiration to do something beautiful for him. So let's read one of our Bible passages for today. Grab your Bibles to take notes in the margin or to underline words. It's a good habit to have Bibles with you for worship services. Maybe you're doing it on your phone to underline and things. But turn to the book of Acts, chapter 16, beginning with verse 9. And if you don't have your Bibles, good news! It's coming on the screen right now. And the key word for today is Macedonia. Listen as I read this story about the Apostle Paul. Acts 69. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Choas, we, and we is Luke, the writer, and Paul, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace. And next day we went on to Neapolis. And from there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. And, and one of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house, and she persuaded us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lydia was the very first convert in Macedonia. If you, ha if you have the name Lydia, that's a great name. It means beautiful one or noble one. You know, we once did a first pres tour in the city of Philippi in Greece. And we went to a stream where Lydia's family might have gotten baptized. Many of those on our tour either got baptized or renewed their commitment of baptism. As we also thought of that historic time when the gospel spread to this northern part of Greece and the first convert was baptized in possibly the same stream we were at. And we sang a song in a church in that Philippian church in Macedonia that honored Lydia and our Lord. Her conversion kicked off the beginning of the Macedonian churches that included the cities of Philippi, 
Thessalonica, and Berea. And when Lydia enthusiastically embraced the gospel and had all of her family converted and baptized, something fresh and delightful and supernatural happened to those churches. It was a fresh wind of the Spirit. They became strong, faithful, and incredibly generous to help others, even though they were in a tough spot themselves. So let me tell you about the area at that time. Macedonia was on the great plains of Thessalonica. It was known for timber, precious metals. It sloped up into the river valleys in what were called the Balkan Mountains. That's the pretty part. But then just as our nation and other countries today are going through really difficult times due to economic stress and disease and tremendous heartache, so were the churches of Macedonia and yet they were generous to help others. These beleaguered churches chose, they chose to be generous to give money to the bigger Jerusalem church to help the poor. So here, and, and read this, the strange case of the Macedonian churches as reported in the Bible in a letter Paul wrote in his second letter to the Corinthians in a section called 2 Corinthians chapter 8, with verse 1. And here's what it says. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they went beyond our expectations, having given themselves, first of all, to the Lord. They gave themselves by the will of God also to us. So we urge Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, the complete earnestness and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Paul says, I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is such a crazy, courageous story of faith of those Macedonians. So let's take a look at this verse by verse. First, we see that in verse 2, that in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. So let's break it down. The phrase, very severe trial in Greek, is more literally translated as a great testing of affliction. The Greek word for testing is dokime. So what does that mean? 
in the Greek language this letter was written, the word dokime means the kind of testing that will prove someone's or something's worth or genuineness. It's a test of one's fortitude, one's mettle. It was a great testing during the fire of affliction. What kind of affliction was the Macedonian churches or were the Macedonian churches going through? It is believed it could have been persecution for being a Christian or a bad economy. But whatever it was, it brought them into extreme poverty due to loss of jobs. Let's look at the verse again. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in, in rich generosity. So, sorry to bring in the Greek again. I have to use it now and then since I study this ancient biblical language for a couple of years. The phrase extreme poverty means, quote, down to the depth poverty. Or if I were trying to impress you, it's the Greek phrase, hey katabatus potokakia. Ha, try ordering that the next time you're in a Greek restaurant and see if you get lamb or something else. No, seriously, it means down to the depth poverty. But this is what is so stunning back to verse 2. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty, hey katabatus potokikia, welled up in rich generosity. So how could this be? How could these poor churches who were under physical hardship and persecution and poverty well up in overflowing joy and rich generosity? and then give money to the poor in Jerusalem for a people they had probably never met or would know. Their poverty, their difficult circumstances, did not take away their joyfulness, nor did it diminish in any way their generosity. Incredible. Now, all week I've been thinking, why? Why would they have this kind of joyful reaction? when they heard the call for help through their leader, Paul, to help the bigger main church of Jerusalem. So why do you think? Now, head for that chat area, and I will give you 30 seconds to type your answers to this question, how could one be generous in the midst of trial and affliction? Okay? Go for it. Start typing. Good. Interesting. Not bad. That's an idea. Okay. Here's my take. In a letter to the church in Rome, Paul once again mentioned the stunningly generous churches in Macedonia. When he wrote in Romans 15, 26, for Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. 
Now, why would the Macedonian churches be so joyfully generous in the midst of what commentator Philip Hughes translates it as rock-bottom poverty? They weren't always poor. I mean, they were into timber and other things, but they were going through a season of great economic strife. How and why would they do this? Why not just take care of their own? their own family, their own neighborhood, their own friends. So here's my conclusion and belief. First, the Macedonian churches gave themselves first to the Lord. That's what it says in our scripture. Number one priority in their lives, they gave themselves first to the Lord. The Macedonians were all in for the Lord. They leaned into God. When one makes the decision to give yourself first to the Lord, then everything else falls into line behind that decision. Our social spending, how and what we eat, the things we buy, the cars we drive, the kinds of condos or houses we purchase or apartments we rent. Our calendar and checkbook registers should all show that we give ourselves first to the Lord. Starting with Lydia, right? The seller of purple goods. It was no surprise she was passionate about her sharing her faith with all of her family, and they all got baptized because now the Lord would be first in their household, numero uno. And what she heard in the good news of Christ, she immediately and joyfully wanted to share with others. When we give first to the Lord, we drop everything when someone wants to ask us about Jesus. When we know there is a call to help the poor, whether through donation or food delivery or to help the environment or we hear a bullying behavior, we immediately pray to ask, how do I respond to that if the Lord is primary in my life? Today is a call to ask again, is Jesus Christ primary in our lives? Do we give first to the Lord and then everything else we spend on is secondary? Can we remember that Christ gave up everything for us on a cross? The one we call Lord, our Lord, suffered and died for us. He had a generous love for us, a generous love that he would want his followers to have. Second, the Macedonian churches. The Macedonians gave on their own accord. Where did this idea come from? Well, remember the verse again? Entirely on their own, they urgent, urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Entirely on their own. No one forced them to do it. They heard of the need and they responded, all three churches. They could have responded by saying, why should we help? We, the smaller churches, give to that big fat cat Jerusalem church. They have much more than we do already. And they got all of those superstar Christians like James, the actual blood brother of Jesus Christ, and Peter, and James, and John, all those super apostles. Everyone talks about Jerusalem. Don't hear anyone talking about the Macedonian churches or Thessalonica. No, they gave of their own accord. They wanted to. Third, the Macedonian churches gave beyond their ability. Now here's the verse where Paul says that. Remember? For I testify 
that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Holy mother of pearl. They were rock bottom, dirt poor, or that translation again, down to the depth poverty, but they gave beyond their ability. Somehow they knew of the call for a need. They had already decided to give themselves first to the Lord, even at a time of persecution for their faith and economic distress. They leaned into God and not into their own circumstances of suffering and poverty. First to God, then to his church in Macedonia and in Jerusalem. How were they equipped and mentored in this? Who taught them this? I'm reminded of what Paul wrote in another letter, and maybe they had learned this from Paul on a previous trip. Paul wrote in uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 9, verse 6 and beyond, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, not all that you want, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That passage kind of captures the first three points, doesn't it? Give to God because he is first. Give of your own accord, not under compulsion, but give cheerfully. And if you choose to give even above your ability, you will be blessed abundantly. For if you sow generously, you will reap generously, and you will still have what you need. Not all the things you want, but what you need. Now, the Macedonians had truly learned the gift of generosity that is so freeing. The longer I am a Christian, I found, um, the more generous I have become. Uh, to live a generous lifestyle has tremendous liberty. And the Macedonians are saying, even if you are poor, you can be generous to God, his family of believers, and with others. One may be poor, but can still have a wealth of liberality. The last and fourth point is that the Macedonians pleaded, yes, pleaded for the privilege to give. So remember the fourth verse again. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Wow. They were like an athlete on the bench saying to the coach, play me, send me in. I got gifts and talents to give and share. Call on me. They begged to be put in the game. And the Macedonians might have been poor. They were the players with holes in their athletic shoes and maybe a torn jersey, but they wanted to play. They would be the antsy basketball player on the bench saying, play me, coach. I plead with you. Play me. Give me a shot. I please, I beg you, I can make a difference. Let me be part of the action. And the Macedonians were saying, 
please let us share in the privilege, yes, the privilege of being part of a generous offering to the Lord's church. They didn't focus on their circumstances. They didn't focus on reasons not to give. They focused and pleaded for creative ways to give. For Jesus was first and foremost in their lives. It's like the high school football player who sees his team behind by 21 points at the beginning of the fourth quarter, who runs up to his coach on the sideline with helmet in hand and says, Coach, please send me in. Then he puts on the helmet. Coach, please let me play. Then he snaps on his chin strap. Coach, I'm pleading with you. I can make a difference. Let me in. Let me play. There are mighty challenges facing us right now, right? This is a tough economic time. This is a tough medical time. But there is a fresh wind blowing. And there may be a voice in you that says, Lord, send me into the game. I want to play. I want to lean in on my faith. There's a fresh wind blowing in our church with great opportunity of the ministries and expanding campus and new possibilities. The Holy Spirit is leading us in some very exciting things in our church ministries. You have heard that our on online services have grown by 60%. You've heard that hundreds have committed their lives to Christ since March. You've heard that God has expanded the use of our property. It means more cost for more opportunity. You know the capital needs for the building. You know the new ministries we have opened trying to serve everyone online while also offering in-person options in serving the poor. With Young Adult and Ohana Ministries presentations and, and with a public prayer walk which more than 400 of you took advantage of last weekend. Today is Commitment Sunday. Commitment Sunday is when we prayerfully respond to God's call to take the next step in our two-year Raise the Sales generosity journey. We started Raise the Sales in late 2019, and right now we're marking the midpoint of the journey. And just to give some context to those who are not familiar with Raise the Sales, the first goal of Raise the Sales is 100% engagement meaning we hope that all of us, whether new or you've been with us for a while, will be part of it so that we can grow together in learning about faith and generosity and how to live it out. The second goal of Raise the Sales is to raise money for campus and building needs, ministry operations, and new ministry initiatives. We actually started Raise the Sales before we knew of the exciting opportunities of access to the golf course in which God might be leading us. So today, Commitment Sunday, we are, taking, we are committing to take our next steps. And if you're new to First Pres, or you were not with us in 2000, November 2019, uh, when we made commitments, uh, today is an opportunity to join the journey and make a one-year commitment to raise the sales and join us for this second year. We could use your Macedonian help. 
it's a one-year commitment from this point, and it would include what you might normally tithe or give weekly or monthly to First Press from December 2020 through December 2021, plus what you sense the Lord might be prompting you to give in addition to that. All one total amount and a commitment to give that amount over one year. And as it is our custom at our church, only our bookkeeper will know what you commit. Um, I don't know what you give. None of our pastoral staff will know. Just the bookkeeper says she's the one who mails you the receipt when your gifts are received for tax-deductible purposes. If you need more info about Raise the Sales, please visit our website, raisethesales.org. Then there are those of you who are at the midpoint of our two-year journey, meaning you already made a commitment of your total ties for 2021 plus an additional gift. Um, I'm, I'm asking you today to affirm that commitment that will go all the way um, through uh, 2021 uh, by filling out that card again. Lean into the winds of the Spirit and finish strong on that commitment you started last year. And if by chance you can't remember your pledge amount, you can contact our bookkeeper, Debbie, at the screen info you see on the screen right now. Now, I realize some of you might have to modify that commitment due to circumstances, but whatever you do, please fill out the card again and lean in and finish strong in that commitment to the Lord. And finally, some of you might be able to expand your commitment of what you stated last year. And you're saying, honestly, I can do more. I think God is stretching me, and I would like to increase my commitment. And I will be one of those people. For whatever stage you're at, I pray that you answer the Lord with a Macedonian spirit. The Lord knows what we have, and he knows our hearts. This is our day, our chance to be like the Macedonians, to plead for the privilege to play and participate of our own accord, to maybe give beyond our human ability, but mostly to know that we give ourselves first to the Lord and that our gifts reflect that. And if you have that commitment card in front of you, please pick it up right now. And and if you uh, can't lake, uh, locate your card quickly, um, no worries. Uh, simply click on the link uh, in the chat pane right now to access a digital version of the card. Now, during last year's uh, Commitment Sunday, we all walked down to the front of the sanctuary and we put our, our commitment cards in a big koa bowl. Uh, but today, with us being not in person, we need to do it differently. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and then we'll take a couple of minutes or so to give you a chance to look at that commitment card in your hand and fill it out, or hit that link uh, to fill it out online. In the spirit of the Macedonian church, Anaheim Vineyard Church knows of our ministry and wants to support us by standing in the gap as we're searching for a new contemporary worship leader. And so while you're filling out your information um, after uh, my prayer, 
Our dear friend, Catherine Scott, the co-pastor of Anaheim Vineyard, who has taught in our church, will lead us in a song called Glorify Thy Name. And as she plays the instrumental prelude and, and softly sings, take your time to think and pray about your commitment that you're writing. And then when you're done, join with Catherine and sing with her as truly we pray what we are doing now truly glorifies God. So now, let me pray first before we fill out our commitment cards. So please join me in prayer. Lord, we pray as we think about our commitment that we're about to write down that we can give cheerfully with faith and that it reflects our deep gratitude to you for all that you've done in our lives. And it reflects what you are doing through First Press. And we want to be part of building your church to maintain and expand the ministries you're laying out before us. May we, like the Macedonians, be pleading with you to say we want to be a part of this. We, we want to play. We want to have a piece of the rock on which you're building your church. We want to make a major difference. We're on your team, Lord. We want to lean in of our love to you. So, Lord, may this commitment reflect our deep love and faith in you. In Christ's name, amen. And now let's take a couple of minutes or so as Catherine plays keyboard and softly sings to have your own prayer time with the Lord or with your spouse or with a friend as you fill out that card. And may what we do today truly glorify his name. And now please join me in a prayer. Lord, we have stated our commitment on our own accord we have asked for the privilege to give as it is our privilege to participate in the joy of generosity. And may our commitments and gifts show that we always have given ourselves first to you. In Christ's name, amen. Well, thank you all for your commitments. It means a lot to the Lord, means a lot to me. And if you would like prayer, if you feel God has said something to you during this service and you would like to pray with someone for any reason, emotional, spiritual, physical, please hit that prayer button on your screen and someone will pray with you. And if, and if you've committed or recommitted your life to Christ at some point in the service or want to do it right now, please hit that button and, and also please hit the prayer button as we would love to pray with you during this special time. And for everyone, if you want to be part of a digital connect group where we can discuss the sermon uh, right after the service and meet more people for the church, please, right after my blessing, hit the connect group button and we'll soon join you for that. But actually, as an option, right after my blessing, we have a short video to show you an incredible event. Last weekend, as I told you, more than 400 people turned up for the church's largest prayer gathering in our history as we walked out on our property, calling out to the Lord to ask Him to bless our land and give us a word as to what He might want us to do with our now newly accessible 246 acres that would be part of our church ministry. There was praying and 
praising and a joy to see each other in person. And yes, there was even singing. But before you see that, please receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his grace and countenance be upon you. And may you know deep in your heart the joy of generosity and the love of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. With God first in our lives, let's be like the Macedonians, giving out of joy for and love of Jesus. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Pres website, fpchawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Normally, we meet Sundays at our Ko'olau campus or at The Vine in Kaka'ako. But for now, you can find the entire church service streamed online on the church's websites, fpchawaii.org or thevinehawaii.org. For our virtual church service, click the online church box at our regular church service times, Sunday morning at 8, 9.30, and 11.11 for First Prez, and Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. for The Vine. Be sure to check your email for links to sermons, church news and updates, and daily devotionals. If you have any questions or any needs, you can always reach the church through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thanks for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2020 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.